the big bark. Listen up, dog owners. It's for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host Dara Burke and canine co-hosts Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark. Hello and welcome to a very special spooky edition of the Big Bear Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Burke, and joining me, hiding under the bed, absolutely terrified. Not really. But I'm a canine co-host, Bruno and Millie. And they won't dress up for Halloween. I tried dressing Bruno up as the devil one year. And by Christ did the devil in him come out of me in him because he nearly tried to kill me. So you know. We um won't be doing that this year. Uh Millie, if I try and dress her up, will back at me. And I would rather not get on the Diva Princess's wrong side. So we have a lot to talk about in our show this evening. And instead of going through our usual news where we look at the canine news, we're doing something a little bit different this evening. We do have our guests. We have Samantha Rawson from the Canine College who is going to chat to us all about... Helping your dog in a behavioural aspect in the run-up to Halloween. And given that it's like, tomorrow, well, better get cracking. We also have Ashley Bugler from Treaty Vets a bit later on, who will be talking to us about like what you can do from a veterinary standpoint and from a health, a mental health standpoint for your dog. Yes, because believe it or not, mental health is just as important for our pets as it is for us. And later on, we'll be announcing the winner of our Halloween competition. He is a spooky, spooky doggy. And he is, I, from what I'm told, he's very wild. But we'll be announcing his name a bit later on. I'm going to share images of our winner as well uh, over on Instagram. So we'll do that a bit later on as well. And in the meantime, let's get you some spooky stories. So we have asked people well we asked people first to send in those spooky stories about their dogs anything that their dog has done to absolutely make them crap their pants or make them like uh, freak out or really creep them out or scare the crap out of them basically all Bruno has ever done is really like just jump out the door and while I'm coming around the corner and just scare the bejesus out of me but like he hasn't really done anything that is Overly as scary as what I'm going to tell you about now. Um, nobody sent him any kind of stories because I'm guessing all the doggies around here are really good doggies and don't tend to scare their owners. I suppose the scariest thing that Bruno has ever done and he's never owned up to it is he stole a chicken once. It was more bold, it wasn't scary, but it was scary because I went hungry that evening. He stole a full roast chicken. He was only about, I'd say, six months old at the time. Full roast chicken, up on the counter, gone. Vanishing act, disappeared. He did a complete Houdini on it. So I suppose that's really 
the only thing. I know Millie definitely helped him, but, like, she's always maintained her innocence on that, but so is he. So, okay, here's what we're going to do instead. We search the interwebs for the scary stories. And I'm going to just try and adjust my mic without making too much noise. And here we go. And the mic fell down again. Give me a sec now. Ah, there we go. That should do it. Okay, so I'm going to tell you the scary, scary story. Are you ready? Okay, so this comes in online. And I searched Reddit for a lot of these just to scare the crap out of people. So I'm going to just read this now. When I was a kid, I slept over at my grandparents' house every now and again. My grandparents' house was about 80 years old and rather spooky looking inside and out. One night I was lying in bed watching TV with both my grandparents. Cats. Sorry, both my grandparents. Cats lying on the bed with me. I'd be worried if the grandparents were lying in the bed with me there. All of a sudden I hear a creaking noise in the floorboard and the door to the room swung open slowly all by itself. Not really weird at that moment. Because the house was old, the door sometimes opened by itself. But what happened next was rather creepy. The door usually opened about halfway then stopped. This time the door opened all the way to the point where it smacked into the opposing wall. Then both of the cats, half asleep at this point, jump up simultaneously and the hair on their backs rose. Both their heads moved in sync slowly to the right, almost like they were watching something move across the room. But there was nothing visible to me in the room. Their heads moved to the point where what they were watching was staring at me. This lasted for about 10 seconds, then their attention was directed elsewhere, and they wound up leaving the room shortly after. Which was weird, because they always slept with me. Pretty damn strange, if you ask me. Now, as a dog person, I find cats pretty odd and strange. Um, I'm not even going to read out some of the comments that came in underneath this, because I... They're disturbing. And I'm just going to see. Okay. This one is about an actual dog. I should have replaced that cat with my dog. We have a dog. I mentioned him in my other post. We spoil him a lot. He used to sleep outside. But after a few days of rainy nights in August, we allowed him to sleep inside. He backs practically everything that passed in front of our house at night. So to shut him up, we kept him in. We used to have a collar on the leash to keep him place, keep him in place at night. He once knocked over a table and nibbled on my sister's phone when he wasn't tied down. Won't begin any 5G there, lads. 
But he didn't like being alone at night downstairs. He used to wake us all up by his whining. We thought he just didn't like being tied down or wanted to be with us upstairs. Finally, I relented and brought him upstairs to sleep. No collar, no leash, except the whining. FYI, this is what I did with Bruno when he was a puppy and he used to drive me batshit crazy by crying the house down on it. It worked, but I never got him out of my room. Back to the story. So here's the thing. Quite literally, every night at 3 a.m., our dog gets up and does an inspection of all the rooms. Not before 3 a.m., and not after. Our bedroom doors are always open, so he has free access all around. If he happens to be sleeping on someone's bed, he gets restless and wants to be let down. He's afraid of jumping down from places due to an incident when he was a puppy. Even the small gap from the bed to the floor. But at 3am, like clockwork, he wakes up when he goes from room to room and then sleeps in the doorway of my parents' room. Happened every night that we could observe him. We started bringing him upstairs early September. I don't know what happens in our house at 3am, but several times when we do catch him in the act, he looks at the doorway of the room, then stares at the person looking at him, then at the doorway again. Seriously, do these people know how scary he is? Like, my God. I'm going to see if I can find another scary story because... That was crap! I'm just going to do a bit of typing here. Scary dog stories. Okay, three creepy dog stories to tell around the fire. I hope the fact they are. Okay. Oh dear God. I'm just gonna. I like, look, okay, I, I just. I'm not finding any doggy stories online here, really. There's no actually story. It's scary, like. The, okay, so for me, the scariest story is when a dog dies at the end of a film. That's the scariest part of the story. If anyone has watched The Watcher, don't watch. Don't watch a certain episode. I will see that the, a doggy dies. That's, that's terrible. It's awful. Okay. Okay, so this one sounds a lot more interesting. This story is based on an experience. Reporting the French village of Bourgogne. Some French village, I, I don't speak French. A spectral black dog like the one in the story is said to be the ghost of a wicked human or a foreteller of death. Is my Bruno a foreteller of death? Dear God. So, here we go. It was 11 o'clock at night. Peter Rockberg was in bed on the second floor of the old house he lived alone. It had gotten so chilly he went downstairs to turn off the heat. On his way back to bed, a black dog ran down the stairs. It passed him and disappeared into the darkness. Where did you come from? Peter said. 
he had never seen the dog before. He turned on all the lights and looked in every room and he couldn't find a doggy anywhere. He went outside and brought in the two watchdogs he kept in his backyard. But they acted like they were the only dogs in the house. Tell the lads he's pulling a prank. The next night, again at 11 o'clock, he was in the bedroom peeing us. And he heard or sounded like a dog walking around in the room above him. He dashed upstairs and threw open the door. The room was empty. He looked under the bed. He looked in the closet. None. But when he got back to his bedroom, he heard a dog running down the stairs. And it was the black dog. He tried to follow it. But again he couldn't. And the dog was gone. He couldn't find where it was gone. From then on, every night at 11, he heard the dog walking in the room above him. The room was always empty, but after he left, the dog would come out hiding, run down the stairs, and disappear. One night, Peter's neighbour waited for him, waited with him for the dog. At the usual time, they heard it above them. Then they heard on the stairs. And when they went into the hall, it was standing at the foot of the stairs, looking up at them. The neighbour whistled, and the dog wagged his tail. And then it was gone. Things continued to go on this way until the night. Peter decided to bring his watchdogs into the house again. Maybe this time they would find the dog and drag, drive it away. Just before 11, he took them up to his bedroom and left the door open. He heard the black dog moving around above him. The two watchdogs pricked up their ears and ran to the door. Suddenly, they bred their teeth, bared their teeth, and snarled and backed away. Peter couldn't see the black dog or hear it but he was sure it entered his room his dogs barked and snapped they darted forward nervously and then darted away again suddenly one of them yelped it began bleeding then dropped to the floor its neck torn open sweet Jesus a minute later was dead this is a horrible story lock your kids up don't let them listen to this Peter's other dog backed into a corner whimpering and then everything was still. The next night, Peter's neighbour came with a shotgun. Again, they waited in his bedroom and at 11 o'clock the black dog came down the stairs. As before, it looked up to them and it wagged its tail. As they started to water with the shotgun, it growled and it disappeared. That was the last that Peter ever saw the black dog. It didn't mean that the dog was gone. Now and then, always at 11, he heard it moving around above him. Once he heard it, 
running down the stairs. But he never managed to see it again. But by Jesus, he knew it was there. On that note, I'm um, going to take this over to uh, our good friend and dog trainer, Samantha Rawson, to tell us all about how to help your dog at Halloween. Clever Canines on the Big Bark is brought to you by the Canine College, run by champion dog trainer Samantha Rawson, a regular contributor to RT Radio and Television. Samantha is a certified canine behaviour consultant and with 30 years experience in the field. She has the knowledge and understanding to help any dog. Our services include individual dog training, from basic to competition standard, assessments and behaviour consultations. The Canine College is set on five acres with a secure paddock and an indoor classroom. See thecaninecollege.ie or find us on Facebook for more information. And it's all about spooky season this week, and I suppose it's not just kids who get scared around Halloween or the spooky things going on, but our dogs can get very scared, and our pets in general. And it's the time of the year that we see a lot of dogs, I suppose, run away because they get frightened about fireworks and loud noises. So here today to talk to us about how to handle that and how to help your dog in this scary time of the year. Uh, by the way, don't watch The Watcher at this time of year. Very scary uh, show. That will scare the bees out of anyone. But here to talk to us today, Samantha Rawson from the Canaan College. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Dara. Yeah, so that one I just said there, The Watcher, if you watch any TV or anything at all, a very spooky show. I was watching it the last few days. Um, doesn't have dogs in it, thank God. Uh, but yeah. uh, we're in right in the middle now of coming up to Halloween and like we know it's a time of the year where you have bangers, you have fireworks, you have all these whistles going off and obviously because of our dogs hearing being so sensitive it's such a frightening time for them. Yeah, it's a really frightening time for them, but it also re-traumatizes dogs if they've got a fright previously because, the you know, the same thing happens again and again and again. Um, so the, the other kind of times are around Christmas and New Year with, with uh, New Year's Eve and stuff. Um, and then sometimes if dogs are very sound sensitive and they can generalize fear very fast, they might generalize to other kind of sounds, sounds of a builder, sounds within the house, maybe a saucepan lid falling on the floor. So you've got to be very, very careful that um, you don't expose your dog to sounds that might um, brighten it and that it can generalise that fear to almost anything. So my general advice for all dogs, regardless of whether you have a problem or not, and really it's about prevention. Um, We'll talk about how to handle it if you have a problem in a minute, but let's first deal with prevention. And my thing with all dogs is to give them a safe designated space. Dogs are animals. All animals are, you know, thinking about survival. Um, Death by its nature does not afford second chances. So all animals are trying to think about their safety and their survival. So it's really important that dogs have a safe place within your home that they can retreat to if they are worried or if they are anxious. 
Um, so that's an incredibly important space. So it's a space where they can relax, where they feel safe, where they're not going to be intruded upon or interrupted. And that's where they know they can go and hide. So it's really, really important that a dog has that space. If the dog doesn't have that space and maybe it wants to run upstairs into your bedroom and hide under your bed, I would certainly let it. So my kind of general guidance is that if the dog is frightened or fearful, all rules must be relaxed. So a dog can't break rules when it's fearful because it doesn't have the mental capacity to obey the rules because it's so frightened. So there's no such thing as a dog being disobedient when it's frightened. It has to be able to escape and has to be able to hide. Um, so that's number one, that it has to have a safe space Really important, like you said there at the beginning, Dara, that dogs can sometimes bolt um, and run away when they're frightened, which often they will do. So it's really important to have their identity or their their identification up to date. So to make sure that your um, data on whatever pet register you're on um, is up to date and that your ID disc gives your name and your telephone number. By law, you're supposed to give your address Um, But I I don't think that's a very good idea to put your address on your ID disc. But all dogs must wear an ID disc by law. And an awful lot of people think that because their dog is um, microchipped, that they don't need to wear an ID disc. You do need to wear an ID disc because it makes it much easier to locate the owner if somebody finds that dog. Because I might find your dog, but I don't have a scanner. So I then have to bring your dog to the Gardaí or to the local vet to see if it's got a microchip. Whereas if it's just wearing a collar and ID disc, I can phone you immediately. So that's the the other thing. The third point is I would never leave a dog outside unattended. So if a dog normally, you know, lives in the garden while you're at work or you're gone away for the day, I would never leave a dog in the garden in this kind of, you know, noisy season. I would either leave him in the house or I would leave him in, in an outhouse, in a shed or whatever, a stable, whatever. But leave them somewhere inside, whether that's inside a shed or inside the house, preferably inside the house if you can. But I certainly wouldn't leave a dog outside unattended when bangers and stuff are going off. Um, the other thing is I personally wouldn't walk my dog if I lived in a suburban area. And thankfully I live in the country. But if I lived in an urban area, I wouldn't walk my dog at this time of year. I would wait until it's all settled down. Because every time you walk your dog, you're breaking that trust. And trust is what we spoke about previously. Um, if the dog gets a fright when it's on the lead with you, it's going to blame you. It's going to associate that fear with you, which can have all sorts of repercussions. So I personally wouldn't be walking my dog around urban streets at this time of year. I would possibly put him in the car and drive him to a forest or drive him to a field somewhere. Um, and I would make the effort to put him in the car and, and find somewhere safe that I can exercise him. But I certainly wouldn't be putting him on a lead and walking around urban streets because I don't want the dog to get a fright when it's with me. Um, and then the, the other thing is that, you know, come the night, I would tend to draw the curtains, turn up the stereo um, and just let the dog sit with me, sit on the sofa, be in the room with me or be wherever it wants to be. If it wants to leave the room and go somewhere else, fine. If it wants to be with me, fine. Whatever the dog wants when it's frightened is absolutely fine. Um, so as I say, there's there's no rules when a dog is frightened. Um, the other thing you could look into is, I, I know you talk regularly to treaty vets, um, and they might talk about um, hormone diffusers. 
that you can get hormone diffusers that you plug in. Um, and if you use them a couple of weeks before Halloween, so maybe talk to the vets now about getting some hormone diffusers and plugging them in now. Um, the other thing you can do is get sound tapes. Um, there are sometimes, sometimes you can get videos on YouTube where they have sound effects of the fireworks. And you play that at a very low level at a distance that the dog doesn't even notice. The thing about trying to um, desensitize dogs to sounds is to do it at a low volume at a point where the dog doesn't notice. Um, and then you slowly bring up the volume. But I would always play with the dog or throw food around or distract the dog in some way. So you're, you're looking for the dog doesn't even notice the sound. If the dog does notice the sound, the dog is telling you that you've gone too far too quickly. So I would turn back down the sound again to the point where the dog doesn't notice it. So always if a dog notices something, the dog is telling you you've gone too far too quickly. So let the dog tell you how it's feeling and and respond to it. Um, but it's about distracting it and making sure that you're not overwhelming it and you're not ever putting it in a situation where it questions its trust in you. You must always be the point of safety and the point of, of security. And Samantha, you mentioned there, like, how at this, especially at this time of year, but say, you know, last night, for example, which is unexpected there was a really bad thunderstorm and like thunder again would be a very loud noise so for people who'd have their dogs normally outside if you suddenly get this burst of thunder which like we weren't actually expecting that in Limerick yesterday but we mm. were inside anyway what do you, what would you do in that situation because like obviously thunder like if it's right overhead you is really really yeah. loud well, I, I suppose once it happens, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, I mean, once it happens and the dog kind of gets a fright, I would bring the dog inside and, and just let it let it go to wherever it wants to go. Um, you know, if it's panicking, if a dog is panicking and about to put itself in danger, then I would really try and console it and hold it, maybe even hold it on lead um, and just hold it and stroke it and hold it tight and try and reassure it. Um, so it depends on how fearful or how reactive the dog is to the fright um, if they're panicking and about to put themselves in danger I will always sit with them and try and get them to calm down um, if they just want to run away and they want to run inside or run upstairs then I'll let them so it depends on it depends on the degree of fright I suppose if you know that there is thunder coming um, and you're outside anyway like, like what happened to me yesterday was I was outside playing with the dogs um, and I didn't realise the thunder was a thunder. I thought it was a plane or something. Um, so I carried on playing with the dogs. So my dogs didn't even notice. Um, and play can be sometimes, with some dogs, more beneficial than food. Um, because with play, they're engaged and they're active, so, so they don't really notice. Whereas if you're just standing feeding food, that can a dog can take food while still being fearful. So taking food isn't always, isn't always a, a, a good... Um, course of action if a dog is, is fearful I would much rather play with them because it's pretty difficult to play if you're afraid um, and if a dog will continue to play well then it, it, it can. it's obviously learning how to cope so my dogs yesterday um, it was only when I saw the lightning that I decided to bring the dogs in but thankfully they hadn't even registered um, that there was a thunderstorm so I had them all in and put away and put to bed by the time it got really really bad um, but uh, they were great they didn't even notice because they were so busy playing yeah um, 
Bruno and Millie kind of noticed alright last night inside uh, again it was kind of like it felt like the the thunder was far away it, yeah. it nearly sounded like a plane going over but then like we saw like this huge flash of lightning outside and like Bruno just took off to the red drum but like two yeah. months later he comes back with a ball I was like, oh, right. okay, okay, great. So you want to play? Okay. <laughs> you want to distract us? That's great. But, Samantha, <laughs> one other thing I suppose about Halloween is at this time of year, and I suppose it hasn't really happened the last couple of years because of COVID, but you have a lot of trick or treaters coming uh, to the house. Mm. So, mm. like, all of a sudden you have, like, a load of, I suppose, young children could be banging on the door and everything. Like, that's also very upsetting for a dog as well. Yeah, and that's why it's really important to give them somewhere that they can go, you know, that whether it be up in the bedroom or under the bed or, or in the back room or in the utility room. So I personally, again, for all of these kind of reasons, I try and keep dogs away from the hall door because because the door, the hall door is the most dangerous place in the house. Because if, you know, your door is open while you're trying to give the kids some sweets and your dog happens to get a fright, then it's probably going to bolt out the front door. So I never, ever allow dogs near the whole door. I will always put the dog in the kitchen or in the sitting room, wherever. He'll be closed into a room while I'm opening the whole door. And I suppose the other thing is, I mean, sometimes you'll get, you know, kids who, who probably are not great and probably will try and deliberately frighten your dog. Um, so those kids are out there as well. So I never want to expose my dog to kids who might think that frightening my dog is a bit of crack. Um, so I personally, I know it sounds terrible, but I personally never, ever open the door at Halloween. I put a sign in to say, sorry, you know, dog's gone to bed, I'm gone to bed. And the kids in my neighbourhood used to know to, to walk past the house because they never got anyone, they never got anything off me at Halloween. Um, because my dog's safety is much more important than giving them sweets. And there's plenty of other houses on the on the on the street that they can get sweets from I suppose if you didn't want to be that mean you could just leave the sweets out for them and let them help themselves um, so that they don't come and knock on the door so you could kind of leave a notice out um, and maybe close the gates and, and leave you know leave a box of sweets out for them so that they can help themselves without, without coming to the door so there's ways around it you know what I mean but, but really my animal safety is more important than giving the kids sweets yeah 100% agree I think I'm lucky where I am that most of the kids around here are like probably in their teenage teenage years now like, there's very few young kids around here and most of them wouldn't even go along trick or treating so I think we're lucky yeah. in that regard as well like we were the kids back in the day and there hasn't yeah. been too many since and Samantha before you before I let you go uh, like one thing I've I always get asked regarding these segments with yourself and the likes of Treaty Vet is whether I'm actually down at the down in tip with you to doing the, these reforms or whether we're doing it remotely and like you've started doing a lot of work remotely since the pandemic yeah I have Dara yeah I mean the, the great thing about the pandemic is that it taught us all to be online um, and you know I've done quite a few consultations around the country I've had clients in Galway I've had clients in Leitrim, I have clients in Kerry, clients in Cork. Um, so the going online has been really great because I don't always need to meet the dog. Um, sometimes it's about establishing the relationship between the dog and the owner. So I take a case history 
So I will send a questionnaire to the owner and they fill that in and send it back to me. And then I do an awful lot of consultations through WhatsApp because I can ask the owner to kind of show me around. So they can kind of show me the kitchen or show me the garden or show me wherever. Um, And I can also see the dog as well. So I don't always necessarily need to meet the dog. I mean, sometimes if I do need to meet the dog, they can either come here to the Canine College or I will sometimes do house calls as well. But an awful lot of cases um, can be worked through without actually meeting in person. So, so it's great. So, I mean, and I work nationwide and even internationally. The other thing, great thing about working remotely is you can work across the world. So anybody listening to this um, is more than welcome to contact me by email or through WhatsApp is the fastest way to get me. Um, and I'm happy to work with anywhere, anybody, anywhere. That's fantastic, Samantha. And we'll have you back next week then for our final episode of the season. And you're going to actually be giving us a bit of insight into an actual real-life case study. Indeed. I look forward to it. Fantastic, Samantha. Clever Canines on the Big Bark is brought to you by the Canine College, run by champion dog trainer Samantha Rawson, a regular contributor to RT Radio and Television. Samantha is a certified canine behaviour consultant and with 30 years experience in the field, she has the knowledge and understanding to help any dog. Our services include individual dog training from basic to competition standards, assessments and behaviour consultations. The Canine College is set on five acres with a secure paddock and an indoor classroom. See thecaninecollege.ie or find us on Facebook for more information. And a big thanks to Samantha Rawson there for stepping in while I recovered from the shock of that absolute horror story. Terrifying is one word for it. And... Like I said, any story where a dog dies is terrifying. I couldn't care about anything else, just as long as the doggy doesn't die. And by dear God, that poor dog. So, before we move on to our little segment with Tricky Mets, we're going to be giving you more Halloween advice. We're going to announce our competition winner. And this doggy is called Bo. And I think Bo went like complete dress up. Bo has a number of different um, outfits. One being a. I'm assuming a. What looks like a werewolf or bat dog, maybe? Could be bat dog. Uh, then poor Bo has a knife through his head. I really hope his owner did not actually use it in real life. Blood everywhere. My God, this is gruesome. Really well done, though. And then he's dressed up as I don't know what that is. Maybe, maybe bat dog again. See a load of bats in the background. But yeah, Bo really went to the effort and. Bo just um, made such a great effort. So Bo wins our 25-year voucher for Pet Stop and can be used at any of the Pet Stop stores around the country. Now, uh, we'll update you shortly on our 
Christmas campaign. Can't believe I'm saying that, but yes, we have closed entries just this evening or just yesterday, rather, and closed all entries. We have our doggies. We have 143, 144 doggies thereabouts to go into this calendar, and we have our final five narrowed down for it's a five or six narrowed down for the Christmas cards and there'll be four pictures sent from our charity partners as well for the Christmas cards so that is perfect uh, I'll give you more details on that later on coming up next we are joining Ashley Bugler over in Tree Vets for her Halloween advice have a pet in need of a vet or do you need some health advice for your four-legged friend whether it's for a regular checkup microchipping vaccinations or critical urgent care you can rest assured knowing that your pet is in loving hands at treaty veterinary clinic limerick and shannon providing care for your pet since 1986 at treaty vets your pet is our priority call our 24-hour number 061-328-511 or make an appointment through our website www.treatyveterinaryclinic.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram Treaty Veterinary Clinic proud sponsors of the Health Hub on the Big Bark Okay and since we're in our big Halloween episode we decided today that we wanted to chat about all the different ways your dog could be affected uh, help wise and how they could be scared by violence and everything. So to do that, would you like to welcome back Dr. Ashley Butler from Treaty Vets. Ashley, how are you doing? Hey Dara, I'm great. How are you doing? Doing good now. Doing great. Uh, so Ashley, okay, obviously Halloween can be a very, very scary time for a dog. And we've already discussed this earlier on. We were talking with Samantha Ross and from the Canaan College on this as well from a behaviour standpoint point but we'd also like to hear from a veterinary standpoint how animals can be affected as well and we want you to give us your consent yeah absolutely so it, there's, there's a couple of different things to think about when it comes to halloween so i suppose the first thing is obviously yeah, it's a very very stressful time for all our pets particularly dogs and um, so you've got kind of the first element is obviously the, the the new noises so the fireworks the bangers all that kind of thing and then you have the people call into the house so constant doorbell ring and strangers in funny costumes and all that kind of thing that side of it and then the other side of it then is away from the anxiety there's things like choking risks and toxicities and burns that can happen so I suppose you've probably covered a lot of the behavioural part of it but just it's a bit late now but just for next year you can start preparing a few months in advance if you know you have a a dog that finds it has an anxious time around Halloween you can start preparing in advance you know using exposure techniques there's lots of videos on YouTube and even CDs and DVDs that you can buy with the noises of Halloween, fireworks and doorbells and kind of scary noises. And you can start kind of desensitizing them to those noises in advance of the time. So when it comes to Halloween, they're not as freaked out by these new noises. Now, Halloween is on top of us now, so we kind of need to prepare quickly. So I suppose basic things like walking your dog in the morning, not to walk them in the evening when there might be fireworks going off or when there might be people going around in costumes in the evenings, keeping the curtains closed in the house um, and keeping like the television on or even people say um, playing classical music is quite um, relaxing for dogs um, and to keep your pets kind of in a nice, warm, comfy room as far away from the front door as possible. 
Um, then in terms of things you can kind of you can get lovely sprays that you can spray on the bedding and on the on your couch and your curtains and things. A couple of different ones are um, there's one called Pet Remedy and another one called Adaptal. They're great. Um, I, I actually find them brilliant. And um, they you spray them on the bedding and they they just help your pet to relax. They breathe them in and the, the kind of the Pet Remedy one you can even rub that on your dog's chest and it really helps them to relax. You can put them on your own clothes and when you're cuddling them they breathe it in. And it, honestly, it's amazing. Um, the level of relaxation these sprays can help bring when they're inhaled um, and then I suppose um, moving on from something as natural as that if you know your dog is a stressed dog and gets very anxious around this time it will be very important that you book an appointment with the vet come down to us and talk to us about this because we now nowadays there are a great range of medications ranging kind of from natural remedies to stronger pharmaceuticals anti-anxiety medications that we can use that make a massive difference to dogs quality of life around this time you know if your dog is one of those dogs that is pacing and panting and drooling and really like you know it can go on for a couple of weeks around this time halloween seems to be getting the period of fireworks going off seems to be getting longer and longer and if your dog is having severe anxiety for weeks that's really you know unfair on, on, on the dog and they're really they're they're really suffering you know it is, it is a health issue um, so come down and speak to your vet we have a, a couple of different medications yeah as i said ranging from more natural ones to more kind of pharmaceuticals they are they're brilliant you know they really help to calm the dog's brain down make them feel better make them make them realize that they're safe and and that'll really help their quality of life um, so I suppose that's kind of from the stress and anxiety point of view and then just thinking about other a few other things obviously around this time of year there's a lot of chocolate around and nuts and things so you know things like chocolate nuts dried fruit and all those artificial sweeteners they're all toxic to your dogs so don't kind of let your dog eat any of the Halloween goodies like barn brack cake sweets chocolate not alone could they cause toxicity, but they're very likely to cause, you know, gastrointestinal upset and pancreatitis. And this is very painful and, and causes dogs to have vomiting and diarrhea and feel very nauseous. Then obviously things like batteries, if you, there's going to be a lot of little lights lying around, kind of funny Halloween lights, they might be battery powered. Be very careful not to let your dog chew or play with batteries. Um, and then things like candles so like a lot of candles and pumpkins with candles in them they're a huge kind of burning risk your dog curious little dogs will go over they can get burns in the face and burns on the nose um, and burns on their tails if their tails swish a candle or knock a candle over that's really dangerous so um, be very careful of curious pets having a look at new new decorations um, and then things like glow sticks and glow jewellery they're a fun kind of Halloween trend and, and they're, they're, they're great to, as a kind of glow in the dark at night time but for dogs and cats, they look like toys and they're filled with a liquid. And if that's punctured, that glowing content that's ingested, it can cause kind of burning of the mouth, irritation and excessive salivation. And again, kind of if they were to swallow them, it could cause burning on the way down. So I suppose Halloween is a scary time for our pets. Um, yeah, keep all waggy tails and sniffy noses out of flames. Keep all battery-operated toys and decorations out of the way. Um, ring us if there's any ingestion of any, you know, treats or raisins or chocolate or glow sticks or anything like that just give us a ring straight away as soon as you realize i suppose overall halloween is, is a scary and a dangerous time for for our dogs and we need to be vigilant and keep animals welfare at the forefront of our minds at all times i know we're discussing dogs here but you know keep rabbits and cats indoors too and even any horse owners they're very freaked out by by fireworks too so keep them stable during this time and i suppose for dogs just the main points just to recap Keep them indoors in a warm, cosy place with the TV or the radio on. Drown out as much of the outside noise as you can. 
don't let people in scary costumes scare your dog they'll be really freaked out by kind of big scary masks and things and um, keep all your candles and glow sticks away from the dogs keep halloween treats away from dogs and if you have a dog who suffers with anxiety or really struggled with anxiety last halloween you know for example or even christmas time come down and talk to us about supplements or medical treatment that we can use to help prevent and treat this anxiety we really do have a range of treatments we can reach for from natural supplements all the way up to stronger pharmaceuticals for the more severely affected doggies and then don't forget about those sprays that can be bought even in the pet shop that can be sprayed onto the bedding they're a great help and there's even things like thunder shirts that you can buy and they kind of create compression on the dog's body and they have to relax them too so anyone who has any questions you know after that give, give us a ring here and we're happy to answer any questions um, and there are some stuff we can give out over the counter without seeing your dog or for the stronger kind of medication we would need to see your dog because they're you know they're prescription meds but we'll get you in straight away you know for an appointment and we really just want to help kind of relieve anxiety around this time as much as possible Ashley, I know one thing that you emphasize a lot, and in fact, a lot of folks actually do, is the importance of nitrogen. And like, obviously, it's a legal requirement, but how important at this time of year is it to have your dog nitrogen? Oh, you said it there, Dara. Like, there's no, there's no way I can strongly emphasize enough how important keeping all your pets microchip dogs and cats. Like, this is the exact time of year a dog could spook and run off. We, we have every day we have dogs coming in that have been found you know a good few miles away from home that they've slipped a collar or slipped a lead or slipped out of their harness or jumped a back wall and it happens all the time and Halloween is the most common time for it to happen if your dog is microchipped and they arrive to a vet or a groomer or a dog kennels or, at the, or the pound or any kind of rescue your dog will be simply scanned the database will be searched and you'll be reunited with your dog it's, it is a legal requirement that every dog over eight weeks of age should be microchipped. It's a simple procedure. It takes two minutes. It's a it's like a, it's basically like an injection. You just pop into us. Your dog gets this injection in the back of the neck, and they're chipped. It's no more. It's it, it's less stressful than getting your ears pierced. It's a very simple thing. And once the chip is in, that's it. There's no pain. There's no nothing like that. It's really really easy, um, and it's not expensive. Um, and it's it it is it is a legal requirement. And if you get separated from your dog and some kind of passerby or a member of the guards or anybody you know presents the, the pet to any kind of yeah vets or kennels or the pound or anything you'll be reunited with your dog that day so that's that's all i can say really you know there's it's a necessity for all all pets should be microchipped and that's that's kind of as simple as that area yeah. well actually it's also important to make sure that your details are actually up to date like you could have moved house or you could have actually that might have been with a different owner and the microchip not, might not have been updated. Oh, so exactly, yeah. Yeah, it, it is, there's nothing more frustrating when we have a little stray dog come into us and we scan them and then it has a microchip and we're delighted and we search the database and they're not registered. So, so someone has gone to the bother of of chipping their dog, but they're not, you know, they haven't they either haven't registered it or they're not keeping their details up to date. And I know nowadays there's so much life admin with all these things, but if you kind of get your dog chipped and you keep your details up to date, you'll get an email from the chip company with, with login. You'll have an account online, and just like everything else, like your ESB account or your Sky Digital account or any of them. Just keep the password, you know, somewhere and you'll be able to log in and keep your details up to date. And even with your own local vet, you know, we, we keep all our, our clients, all our little pets, our patients, microchips on file. So the first thing we do when a dog comes into us and um, that has strayed is we check our own database first, because obviously people are more likely to keep their own records at their vets up to date, maybe more so than on their microchip database. 
Um, so, you know, let your vet know if you move house, obviously, and, and get your vet to record the microchip and keep it on file. So that's your vet, if, because the most likely place a dog is going to show up to is the vet. So and we can scan them instantly. And if, if your microchip is on the, on the dog's file on, on the vet system, we'll find you straight away and we'll give you a ring and, and you'll be reunited with your dog and your dog will be delighted. Fantastic, Harshie. And one final question, I suppose, before you go. You mentioned earlier on about kids coming to the house in scary costumes. But one thing that we're now seeing, especially like in the last few years, is a lot of people like to dress up their dog. And while it might look cute and like adorable in social media photos, it can also be very stressful for the dog as well. Absolutely, Gary. Yeah, that's Eric and Gary. Yeah, absolutely. So my little dog, Gary, um, he absolutely hates being dressed up. He he despises it. If I put a jumper on him, even someone's just putting his harness on, his ears are down. He just hates it. Whereas my other little dog, Daisy, she loves it. She loves having jumpers on and wearing hats. She really enjoys it. So it's, it is a very individual thing for um, for each pet. And I think it's up to pet owners to kind of have some common sense and, and, and recognise the signs in your dog. If you if you are bringing out jumpers and costumes and your dog is shying away, the ears are down and they're looking at you like, oh please, you know, I don't want to do this. Don't force them. They don't want to wear them. Whereas some dogs, they 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 love it. They love prancing around with a jumper on or things like that. And and that's the same with those thunder shirts that I was kind of talking about. They're kind of dog dependent too. Like if you've got a dog who doesn't like to wear jumpers, obviously putting a thunder shirt on them isn't going to help their anxiety at all. Whereas if you have a dog that doesn't mind wearing jumpers or likes it and they're anxious and you put the thunder shirt on they'll get great comfort from that little bit of compression so i think this is one that yes it is very individual to each pet you know look at your dog and if 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 they like wearing the jumper and they're running around and they're showing off that's brilliant that's lovely and it is really cute god if your dog is kind of running away from you and doesn't want to wear the jumper don't make them wear the jumper they, they don't want to wear it and you're just adding to the anxiety there you know and it's not fair some great insight there Ashley and thank you very much for joining us today and you'll be back with us next week for one of our, our first of our two Q&A sessions where our listeners and our followers can ask whatever vet and health questions that they have that's, that's brilliant uh, Dara yeah send in your questions and we'll, we'll answer them for you and we'll try and cover as many topics as we can in detail lovely Ashley and happy Halloween to all of you at Vets thanks for joining me today you too, Dara. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. And a big thank you to Ashley there from Treaty Vets. Great advice, as always. And Ashley will be back with us next week and the week after, where we will be taking your questions. So you have any questions on the health of your dog, can relate to anything related to health or veterinary, you have any questions at all, we will be putting up a link on our Instagram page later today where you can submit all of your like questions for Ashley and get them all in so that we can like get this Q&A sessions done. Uh, but, okay, going to just give you an idea on what's left. Uh, what is left? We just need to have a quick chat. Now, as we go into November, we are now in the run-up to Christmas. We are in the run-up to Santa Paws. And I hope everybody out there believes in Santa Paws. I know all the kids around the world believe in Santa Claus. And all the doggies in the world believe in Santa Paws. We hope that Santa Paws himself actually on the show. Like we did two years ago. We hope to have him on the show a bit later on in the year. In our Christmas episode. We only have 
maybe two, three episodes left on our show uh, for this year. So we will have a special Christmas episode as well. But we're getting to that time where we're wrapping up our show for the year. And we're going to be focusing now on our Christmas charity campaign. We have... Okay, so I'm going to tell you what's happened. Over on our website, our special dedicated website for Christmas. It is santapaws.thebigbark.ie So we believe in Santa Paws here. We hope you do. You have the option to order one of our fantastic calendars. We'll be giving you more details next week on some of the backers. We have some very, very big, big people uh, behind us on this calendar and who are like kind of helping us to, I suppose, do the marketing, the promotion on this calendar. And all funds for this calendar, by the way, and all funds for the Christmas cards that we're selling will go between Limerick Animal Welfare and the DSPCA. So, here's what you can do. You can go onto our page and you can order our calendars and our Christmas cards. While on there, you can also make an additional donation or you can order tickets for our upcoming raffle. The raffle will take place in mid-December uh, on our live show and we will have a lot more details we have some of the prizes sorted already and we have a lot more prizes to get so we will have more details on that in the coming weeks and all those will be available on our social media you can make additional donations you can purchase a calendar one calendar is thirteen ninety nine, uh, and the more you buy you can get bulk discounts if you want to buy big amount, well then you can just hit me up, let me know, and we can get you as many as you need. And bulk discounts will be offered as well. Uh, raffle tickets, they start. So, okay, first off, the calendar start at thirteen ninety nine. Uh, Christmas cards for five pack of Christmas cards with beautiful, beautiful designs and lovely doggies on the Christmas cards. Uh, they are bah, 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 9.99 for a pack and our raffle tickets will be one raffle ticket for 2 euro, 3 for 5 euro uh, 5 for 9 euro 10 for 15 or 20 for 27 euro so, and you can make a digital donation ok so that is basically everything that you need to know right now Santa Paws at a big watch out in many of the mainstream uh, media organisations and many of the mainstream newspapers who will be covering this in the coming weeks and you will be seeing some very high profile people on Instagram as well uh, that will be kind of helping us and really helping to push this they're very involved with the DSPCA and we're really really delighted to have these people behind I will not say yet who they are but you're gonna see in the next couple of weeks okay well it was a spooky episode and it is now all over to Christmas and we will be focusing here on out on our Christmas charity fundraiser uh, I'm not playing Christmas music today because it is Halloween uh, but from me and from Bruno 
and family. Have a very happy Halloween. Have a safe one with your doggies. Make sure your doggies are kept in, away from fireworks, away from bangers. Make sure you keep them in on Halloween, Halloween Eve or Halloween evening or whatever they call it these days. They make a whole like festival about nowadays. But look, make sure you keep your doggies in. Keep them safe. Keep all the animals safe. Because we know how doggies can run off at this time of the year. Uh, when they get spooked, make sure that if you have any uh, children coming to the door trick-or-treating, keep your dog safe. And remember all the tips that were given by both of our guests this evening. Folks, have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week. The Big Bark Listen Up Dog Owners is for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host, Dara Burke, and canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark 